This is episode 375 of Bella in Your Business. Hi there, I'm Bella Vaster from Jump Consulting. You might know me from CBS, NBC, Fox, Huffington Post, Entrepreneur, or maybe you've seen me speak on stage or read my book, The Four Dogs That Every Business Owner Needs. In any case, get ready because you're about to get your hashtag Bella butt kicking in this next episode of Bella in Your Business. So what do you say? Let's get ready and jump. Welcome to another episode of Bella in Your Business. My name is Bella Vasta and today we have a really cool guest for you. Bo and I have known each other for quite some time. And when we were reconnecting as he was coming back into the mastermind, he had such a unique and inspiring story that I just knew that you needed to listen. So you're going to love this episode today. But first, if you don't know, Bo is the owner of Top Dog Walk in Norfolk and Virginia Beach, Virginia, as well as Buffalo Dog Walkers in Buffalo, New York. Yes, three different locations in two different states. He began his journey by starting his first business and expanding it to purchase the second. Currently, he's in growth phase and Bo is finding resources that helped move his business forward. Today, Bo is here to discuss his pet business journey and the mindset that goes along with it because it's now February and the shiny object of the new year has worn off. And hopefully today we are here to inspire some really new thinking for you. Bo, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Bella. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you here because you motivate me. And so I just knew that you had to also be on the podcast to talk with everyone else. But for those who don't know, and to just refresh all of our memories, why don't you tell us about the first company you started and sold? Take us back. Absolutely. So the first company, I actually didn't start it. I bought my first dog walking company. That was Rochester Dog Walkers in Rochester, New York. And I started as an employee of that business. It was a very small business. I was one of two employees. I had moved to the area and was thinking about starting a dog boarding business. But I fell in love with the dog walking business and our clients. And within a couple of months, had bought the business from the previous owner. So it was a small company at that time. And over the five years following, we grew to a team of 25 mid-six-figure revenue. We did a lot of really great things, served a lot of clients, and had a blast. So that was a really fun journey in that business and eventually sold it to my manager. I had a manager who I worked really closely with. She's a dear friend now, and she's still running and growing the business and doing great things with it. That's awesome. So I know that even for myself, my why has changed over the years. And so can you bring us through the journey of the different businesses that you've acquired and the why behind it? You know, because I'm sure it's not just ego and look at me, I'm just gathering them up. Take us to understand that, but also why the why is so important and what that has been able to help catapult you to do. You know, when I first met you, Bella, I joined your mastermind group and we got to know each other and you really helped me think about what my why was and really crystallized it for me. And at that time, I was a fairly new business owner and I really wanted financial stability for my family. You know, I've always been a pet person. I Grew up with a mom who was a professional dog trainer. I grew up going to AKC, German Shepherd dog shows with her. I worked in vet's office. I've always loved animals and wanted to serve pet owners. But as a business owner, there's also that piece of, you know, wanting financial stability. My spouse at the time had a lot of student loan debt and getting that paid off was really important to me. And so, you know, I kind of really dug in and did a lot of grinding to grow that business because I wanted that stability for my family. But now as things have grown and changed, 
you know, my why has grown too. And I think a lot of it has to do with me and, you know, what I'm learning, what I'm capable of. I think one of the really amazing things about being a business owner and an entrepreneur is that it tests you, it challenges you to grow, and it really pushes you. And I think I've learned so much about myself through the process and being in community with others who are building businesses too. So, you know, my why now is about continuing to serve pet owners and provide the really great service that we provide, but also learn more about myself and really push myself to grow as a person and as a business owner and as a leader. Where do you find that kind of inspiration and that that push to do it? Because, you know, a lot of people are very tired. They're exhausted. They're overwhelmed. They're not sure what position to step in. They have their pipe dreams, but how do you stay fresh with that and not down? How do you always keep jumping? (laughs) Yeah. I think being surrounded by people who can inspire you is really important. You know, connections to mentors, connections to peers. I think it's really awesome. You know, the community with the mastermind, having lots of other individuals who are doing the same thing. We can't do it alone. I read a lot of books. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I think staying connected to your why and, and focused on, you know, the possibilities is really important. And one of the things that really helps me do that is taking information in and feeling connected to the world and other people who are doing similar things. I love that. So it sounds like you're constantly feeding your eyes and your ears. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. I love that. (laughs) I am going to ask this. This is just like something that popped up for the listeners. Is there anything, is there, what are your favorite podcasts and your books? What are your favorite things that feed you? If someone came to you today and said, but what's been the most impactful for you? Can you name a few? I'm putting you on the spot here. The Magic of Thinking Big is one for me. Gay Hendricks, The Big Leap is one that I really like a lot. That one talks about how do we self-sabotage and hold ourselves back and how do we not do that so much. I really like when he talks about we have like kind of a threshold for happiness and like we don't know how to experience more happiness than what we've already experienced in the past. So how do we make it easier for us to bear more happiness, which is kind of hard to think about because so many people want happiness, but sometimes it's really hard to let ourselves feel that. So I really like those. Tony Robbins has been really important to me in the past. Marie Forleo. There's so many great resources out there. And, you know, sometimes a lot of the business books or mindset books will kind of say the same thing, but in different ways. And I feel like just continuing to like read and listen kind of keeps you in a practice of being open. I love that. Keeps you in a practice of being open. And it's such a good point too, because there really aren't any new ideas out there, right? It's just presented in ways that are more tasteful to different people. We all have different tastes and palates, right? Yeah. Something that I can hear a little bit better than the way somebody else said it. Yeah. Totally. Oh, I love that. So break it down for our listeners. What locations do you have now? How did you pick them? And how do you run them from afar? Because you're like states away. And I think that alone is terrifying to so many people. They're like, I can't even run the one that's like in my own town. So chat to us about that. Absolutely. So right now I have, I bought Top Dog Walk, a business in Norfolk a year ago, and we recently expanded to Virginia Beach. So that's one business with two locations. And I recently started Buffalo Dog Walkers in Buffalo, New York. And that's a second business. I think that, you know, your question about how do you run it from afar? I got experience doing that with Rochester Dog Walkers. That business, I really built it kind of with an end in mind, you know, I didn't want to have to be the one running every single day-to-day operation from the beginning. So setting up systems and processes, documenting everything, 
streamlining, automating, and making it really easy for a manager or a pair of managers to step in and run the business was really important to me. So I got experience in Rochester and I was living in the city of Rochester for a little while, but I moved an hour south and I had a sheep farm. So, you know, I ran Rochester dog walkers from afar for most of the time that I owned it. So I had some experience there. And I would say, you know, the key really is like having a great team of people around you. You know, your team is so important. Having systems set up so that your team knows how you want things done, that you can trust them to do it the way you want it done. And, you know, not just leaving them to their own devices, right? You know, having a cadence or a rhythm in your business for how you check in about certain things. You know, my management team always has a meeting on Monday mornings and we don't miss it. You know, that's so important to the business. Unless somebody is super, super sick, you know, everybody's dying or in pain. My third grade teacher used to say. Exactly. But, you know, I think that it's so much about systems in your business and the trust of delegating, you know, when you have good people around you, actually trusting them when you delegate the things to them that they can do it. You know, you've trained them, they have the systems and trusting them to execute and know that, you know, everybody's human. We're going to make mistakes and we're going to fix it when we do. That's incredible. So, I mean, let's just think about like, okay, so you start a new location and I know the number one thing on everyone's mind is, well, I'm always the backup right? You're not physically there. So how do you overcome that problem? You just hire a bunch of people and hope that they do? Like, what if, I know that would be someone's biggest fear holding them back. So how did you solve that and overcome that? You know, I think it's creative problem solving, right? And every business is a little bit different. So it's like kind of hard to say, you know, would what I do work for somebody else? I set up my team so that I have some people who work weekends and evenings and some people who work during the days. We have a team that is cross-trained on multiple dogs. So there's always, you know, typically I have five or six people who know a client and I hire people who are team players who want to be there and support each other. I think there's different ways to incentivize. I'm thinking about back when it's three people and you're one of the people out walking I think that there's ways to like incentivize somebody to step up and help, you know, whether it's monetarily or something else, but it really depends on the business and thinking creatively about that. So you bring up really good points about that and it goes into mindset. So how did you, again, I'm going off script, but I hope you don't mind. Like, how did you learn how to be like a good leader in your teams like that? Like you either get creative or you die, I guess, but how did you... (laughs) find your leadership path, because that's also very unique to everybody. There's a podcast called Hack Your Leadership that I really loved. You know, a couple of years ago, I listened to every episode of that podcast. There's a book called Traction that I really love. It's kind of similar to E-Myth. You know, it's one of those business development books, but there's a section on leadership in it. You know, I think it's like trial and error and being honest with yourself about where do I need to grow? You know, I think nobody does it instinctively, it's something that you have to learn by doing it and wanting to be better at it. Um, I love that so much. And I think that there's a common theme between people that are successful. And it goes back to what you've been saying again and again right now is that you've been feeding your mind and feeding your brain, because I think you would probably agree one of the worst places for an entrepreneur to be is solo in their head. Yeah, because our brains are so powerful and they need those outside influences. So Thinking back, because I'm sure you weren't just always this amazing, tell me about something that maybe scared you and that you were afraid to do. And how did you overcome that? And even bonus points, if you can think of something like, you know, in your business to give us an example of, like, how do you get over fear? 
you know, I'm thinking of two different situations. Both were management hires that I made because, you know, the people that you hire, like I said, are so important in your business. You know, the person who bought my business in Rochester, she was a manager that I had hired. And I remember I had two people that I had interviewed. And the night before I made the hiring decision, I was up all night. I was really scared that I was going to make the wrong decision because I had two really great people, but they were really, really, really different. And I think that there's some things in life and, you know, maybe your business isn't the most serious, right? It's not like giving birth or like adding to your family or something like that, but there's some things that you just have to walk through, Mm -hmm. right? And face the fear head on and know that like, you know, I think about trusting myself. I think like, I'm going to be okay on the other side of this. You know, if it's a mistake, it's probably fixable. If, you know, it was a wrong decision, it's probably reversible. And the only way I'm going to learn about this is by doing something. And I guess that's how I face fear. And I experience fear. Absolutely. I think that when we do new things, it can be scary. And just thinking about all the things that you've done before and knowing that you made it through every hard thing that you've tried one way or another. What I hear you say is reminding myself of the badass that I am and what I've already been able to do. Yeah, I, love and, uh, I think we're similar in the way of sometimes I agree with you, you know, it kind of like, but am I going to die? You know, you almost catastrophize it and simplify it. It's like, what's the absolute worst that could happen? And is it fixable or am I okay with that? Yeah. And then the worst, because yeah, you could think of 50 ways to Sunday on how it couldn't work out. But the real question is, are we okay with it? If it doesn't work out, what's the worst that could happen, right? And I also like to flip that around and like, what is the most that could happen? What is the best outcome, right? So like, you know, okay, I can manage what the worst outcome might be, but also I need to focus on like, this could double my business. This could help me bring in my next great manager. This could, whatever it is, we need to focus also on like how much is possible, right? Yeah. That that helps break out of that cycle that you were talking about, or like this kind of analysis paralysis and like, what if I do the wrong thing? And, but I really like what you said, you know, we've made it through so many hard things. I think it's so cool because, you know, when we reconnected a couple of months ago, I was so on fire for you because you're doing something that a lot of people have said they wanted to do, but they're really scared to do. And that's buying different locations. And it's not like you're necessarily putting them all under the same brand. They're all different ones. So tell me what was attractive about like, how did that other business in Virginia, you know, come across your plate and what made you think like, yeah, this could work, even though I'm in New York and what made you say yes to all of it? Were there certain factors about it or was it like a fixer upper house that you're like, oh, I could buy this and I could rebuild it. Was it, oh, it's great. I'll just take it over. Like, what was the situation for you and what was attractive and what kind of things did you weigh in your head? I'm thinking about listeners who might want to do this themselves. What were the factors that kind of came into your head? Over my time owning Rochester Dog Walkers and since I sold it, I've looked at probably over a hundred businesses for sale. I have talked to a lot of business owners. I've wanted to add a lot of businesses to what I'm doing. And as I've looked at businesses, there have been some kind of key criteria that have come up for me. I look at, does the business have employees or independent contractors? That's important to me. How are their Google reviews? That's, you know, one of the most important things. Go back Uh, to the independent contractor employees. What's your stance on that and why? My businesses have always had employees. It's important to me as an ethical issue, but also as a legal issue. You know, I think, Bella, you've probably talked about this a lot, but businesses, for the most part, 
have a hard time operating with independent contractors within the rules of independent contractors. And someone who buys a business that has independent contractors could get into some trouble in regards to labor issues. It's not the best way to protect your investment because you're going to have to do a huge changeover, an earthquake in the business to change the status of that and all the operations. It's basically... If you're trying to buy buy a business that has staff members performing visits, it will be really challenging to try and transition those people from independent contractors to employees. And so already having employees in places is very helpful. Yeah, I cannot agree with you more. So many people come to me for investment advice. They're like, hey, we're thinking about getting this. What should we do? And every single time, and I'm going to piss off some people listening to this right now, but I say literally it's not worth it if they have independent contractors. It's just not because at the end of the day, you got to protect your investment. And that is not a safe investment unless you like high risk. Okay. (laughs) I mean, but my risk tolerance is just not that high. (laughs) And there are a lot of pet business owners who want to sell their businesses. You know, there are a lot of different options out there. So there's Mm -hmm. other benefits. Yeah, absolutely. So looking forward to the future, how big is your empire going to grow, Bo? Like, uh, you got the businesses you have now. Are you looking for more? Maybe there's someone out there that was looking to sell their business or looking in any aspect here. Are you looking on taking on any more? Yeah, absolutely. So this year, I'd like to buy another one or two businesses. And I hope to grow over the next five years by a couple more after that. So if you do have listeners who are looking at selling, I would love to talk with them. Buying and selling businesses. So I've bought two businesses. I've sold one business. It's something that I really find fascinating. I really enjoy thinking about it, talking about it. You know, I would love to connect with people who want to sell their business, maybe to me, but also who are just interested in talking about buying and selling businesses, pet care businesses, and what it might take to get their pet business in shape to sell and what a buyer might be interested in. Like I said, I find it really fascinating and would love to connect with people who are interested in it too. That's awesome. So you guys, if you want to put yourself around great mindset people, obviously the mastermind is where it's at. Bo is also in the mastermind. You could have conversations or you could reach out to Bo. What is the best way to reach you, Bo? The best way to reach me is just my personal email address, which is bo.bebo, B-I-B-E-A-U, at gmail.com. And definitely find me in the mastermind. I'd love to connect with you there. You can check out my Buffalo Dog Walkers on Instagram or Top Dog Walk on Instagram. They are both just Buffalo Dog Walkers and Top Dog Walk. That's where we're most active on social media. That's awesome. You guys, I want you to remember this episode for when you think that something is impossible or you have those voices in your head that are louder than anything saying, you can't do that. That's weird. Like, it's too much. You're going to fail. You can't do. I want you to think about Bo. I want you to think about Bo and what Bo did about buying businesses that he's not even near, growing them, and not just doing it once, but doing it twice and doing it again. And he's going to keep doing it again because he has the mindset to do it. He's surrounding himself with the right people. He's surrounding himself and actively feeding his mind, feeding his ears. And I just question everyone listening right now, what is there something that you want to be doing right now? that those voices in your head are telling you you can't. And then I ask you to take inventory of who are you hanging out with? What are you listening to? What are you watching and reading? Do you feel like there's no time in life? Do you feel like you're overwhelmed and exhausted? And I will challenge you back and say, what are you listening to while you're folding laundry, taking care of the dogs, walking the dogs, sitting in the child pickup line? There are always moments to be micro learning or micro feeding your brain. 
And it really comes down to how much do you want it? And the only person holding you back is yourself. And Bo is an exemplary part of this. This is only the tip of the iceberg for Bo too, because there's so much more about you and your life and your accomplishments that are just so inspiring to me. And so I just humbly and gratefully thank you for your time on the podcast today and just being here to inspire the rest of our pet community. So thank you so much for being here, Bo. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been really great to be here. Yeah. You guys remember this podcast. I'll put all of the books that he mentioned in the show notes and how to also contact him. So just head on over to the website for that. And remember when life gets you down, always keep jumping. Bye now. So what did you think? Did you love this episode? I sure hope you did because I put a lot of love into this for you. Uh, The best way you can show me that is by going to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcast and go ahead and leave a review. I just might read it on the next episode. I also want to remind you that when life gets you down, remember to always keep jumping. Thanks for listening.